Yeah. What's up, Trash Pandas? Welcome to In Addition, where we try our best to find the treasure in the trash with your hosts, Tony P, Mike, Steph, and Swan. Slide us into your weekly podcast feed or we'll wind down your Wednesday nights at twitch.tv slash NADDpod. Yo, what is up, Trash Pandas? Welcome to Wednesday night. We are so happy to have you. I know it's not Wednesday night when you're listening to this, but we're still happy to have you. It is awesome. I'm totally hyped. I'm here with Tony P at a special possum guest. Uh, we have Dennis, the most okayest DM here Damn, with I us. I got rushed over. Did it's the world's shit? most okayest DM. Know, Come on now. It is the world worldwide. Anderson and the most okayest DM. I mean, it's oh, whatever. cool. Whatever. <laughs> Right, I was listening. Dennis, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Dennis. I'm sorry, Tony P. I'm so excited that it has been you and me sticking it out here a couple too, of weeks. It's too late. I know that's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I can uh, get the crowd to cheer you a little bit and make you feel a little bit better. Yes. Uh, Tony, um, Tony Uncle P. Phil. <laughs> they should all cheer. Uh, we had a great talk last segment. Um, I sang your praises last segment, so go back and listen to that. Tony P is the best con mom. But speaking of it's crowds, news. this is a current now. We're on this show is. now. We're on this show now. Uh, we're gonna talk about some crowdfunding. <laughs> I need to um, hear it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. Tell me I'm a good mom. Tell me, <laughs> please tell me. Oh, <laughs> uh, we bring Dennis on, and it just I'm gets weird. Oh, I'm a good really... mama. I'm a good mama. <laughs> I'm a good mama. <laughs> Uh, y'all, if you are just listening to this, you need to tune in to twitch.tv slash pod to watch the visual that I just got to experience. Cause yeah, it's, it's Tony wearing a sundress and a parasol and it's just, they're stroking their beards and it's a whole thing. Um, so please come, come save me, please. Uh, but Hey, I want to talk about crowdfunding. Um, and so this is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart because it is a new digital age and it is a new way to get projects launched as a creator, as someone who works as an independent artist who has been a part of a number of Kickstarter campaigns and Indiegogo campaigns, I am a humongous fan of crowdfunding. And it is a new frontier when it comes to the way that we can actually get cool media published and out in the world. And it is a really interesting thing to harness and it can also be very fickle. So I'm curious to talk to you guys about it as people who are content creators themselves, as well as Kickstarter people and Indiegogo people and crowdfunding people. I want to know what that's like for you. So I will say for my crowdfunding experience, I have been a part of a couple of anthologies that have been kickstarted and that's how we got them published. What is cool about that and something that I find very, very important and when I launch my own Kickstarter will be the project is already done. We are going to make this project no matter what, but by crowdfunding it, it lets us pay the printing costs and use the money that we get from that to invest in more advertising, to invest in more cool promo stuff and rewards for the people who support us and follow us and share, like, and subscribe, the thing that you hear us all say very often. And, and that's really the way I like it. I like the idea that you go into it where I'm going to make this project no matter what, but the fact that I have people supporting me behind it is really, really cool. And I think it lets creators who maybe don't have an outlet to larger companies or mass media, it lets them still create these beautiful projects that they want to make. 
And I think that's something really special. So I'm going to throw to Dennis first because I feel like uh, this nope. topic. I want to hear more about your oh. anthology. Yeah. My Sorry, anthology? Oh, no. So how, like, because I'm, well, I'll be honest, I was just, I'm not a big crowdfunding person. I haven't done this stuff. I don't support a lot of, not that I actively don't support crowdfunding. <laughs> I just don't get into it. I'm not familiar. I don't, you know, I don't hang out on Kickstarter. I didn't even know Indiegogo was still around. Um, it might not be. It might have gone away. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it still I think is. It's still, so it was interesting. So Kickstarter is very specific where you have to meet your goal. Whatever goal you set, you have to meet it or nothing gets funded and you don't collect yep. any of the money. Indiegogo was more, you could submit whatever you want and you got to keep it no matter if you quote unquote met your goal or not. Uh, so for me specifically, I am, I have done artwork for the publishing company Red Stylo Media. I have been in two of their anthologies. I've been in the 27 Club, the rock anthology. So all about artists and musicians who passed away at 27. I got to illustrate an amazing story. Oh, shit. Uh, that's Dwayne Johnson. Uh, uh, an amazing story about Amy Winehouse written by the awesome Jenny Wood, um, which was super, super cool. And then oh, I'm in... Cool. Yeah, uh, so it's Kurt Cobain, it's Amy Winehouse, it's all the artists, and it's all stories about that. And it was super dope. And then I got to be a part of the Strip Anthology, which is all stories related to the Vegas Strip. So I got to tell a very fun Vegas Chapel story and draw cars mm. for eight pages, which I regretted immediately, but still did and got it done. So both of those, all of those projects through Red Stylo Media have all been kickstarted and they make great books and we do it all through crowdfunding. And so you did, you did comics? Is that what did you did? Comics. Strip illustration? Yep. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yep. Cool. And they, yeah. they both, you just, I think you just said this, but they both made their goal and. Yep. And we are oh. published and, and it was cool because with that, you know, again, we get to do some profit sharing and as an artist, you know, getting paid Heck is really yeah. cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's always nice. Yeah. It's always nice. Always nice. Always nice. <laughs> Now Dennis. we'll go to Dennis. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just we'll hijacked. And... No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm still a little bitter the... from getting blown over, uh, you know, in the intro. So it's fair. Also, my Dennis, shit's real cool. Tell us. Yeah, it is cool. Tell us about your Kickstarter and, and crowdfunding uh, life and well, times. So my experience until very recently anyways with crowdfunding was supporting other projects. So typically it was either comic books or board games. It's or sometimes art books. It really depends. Um, but twice I've had that bite me in the butt. So the first ever Kickstarter that I ever backed was Tristan from botched. I well, had a, yeah, well, so, uh, so I, was it an art book of just all of his butts? Like no, it was a, a comic coffee book. table book. It was a graphic novel. He didn't have that many pictures of his butt at that time. At that time. There's a lot. This is a while back. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so I had written a comic book before that Kickstarter and then decided I was never going to do anything with it. Ha ha ha. Wait a moment. And then he was doing a Kickstarter for his comic book called Feaster, which technically you could go to Kickstarter and you can still see it. It's there. Um, and so I threw out like 200 bucks at him or whatever. So he, he got funded pretty quickly, pretty easily. And then it never happened because he gave all the money to the artist, didn't make them sign a contract or anything. And then they said, thanks. Bye. And they just took the money and ran and they, they live in the same town. So he sees them every once in a while. <laughs> and the guy just, just some I dudes from up the road. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'd beat him with a bat. Give me my money back. Literally uh, got heckin bamboozled. Like yeah. the quintessential 
heckin' yes. bamboozled. And then he like after that point was trying to get artists to do it like uh you can get paid based on how much we sell or something, which artists oh. don't want to do that. I so, love working for exposure. What are you talking about? It's my yeah. Favorite. So uh, I was agitated because also part of that money. So not all the money from the Kickstarter went to that, uh, but he also divulged that a good portion of the money went towards pot, which I was <laughs> super happy to hear about. Um, it but, sounds so that, like you're, you're part of like a trafficking ring at this point. Kind of. That's so like, your your money was laundered. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That was my first Kickstarter experience. Not super pleasant, but most of the other ones have been great. Um, there's only been one other one where it was a board game where the guy had been backed. I think he had like four or five projects that were backed. And I was like, okay, this is, this seems pretty cool. It was a, a, a booklet. It was like satanic panic or something like that based around like the eighties D and D craze. And he literally, uh, I, I had to do all this digging to find like comment sections and stuff like that. He literally just took the money and ran. He he stopped making updates. And then the last update was, I'm tired of how you people are always up in my grill about this or that. I'm going to go be a wrestler. And I know he's in Michigan somewhere or Ohio. Oh I think he's in Ohio. And so, yeah, so he just took the money and left. And it's just comment after comment after comment about like people just super agitated. Now, that's pretty rare though i've at least in my experience but it does yeah happen. i was gonna say so, i think i've booked i've backed probably close to 50 different kickstarters i think i've only gotten fucked on maybe once and even with those like some of the projects were just like two to three years late but i still got my shit so you're yeah. just special in so the guy guy took the money and and went to become a wrestler and his yeah. name was john cena <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem was, yeah, you couldn't see him, so you took all the money <gasps> uh, and got the hell out go. of Dodge. There we go. So tell me, so Dennis, do you back a lot of crowdfunded things? We we keep saying Kickstarter, but there's others. Like, do you are you into that a lot? So so not. I mean, not really. I mean, the, the Kickstarter thing. Usually, most of the ones that I back, either it gets recommended to me because it was cool. So, for instance usually uh, board games get recommended to me that way. So like who goes there? It's a board game based off of the book who goes there, which I know it from the movie, the thing I've only gotten to play it once, but it was a ton of fun. Um, there was a couple other board games that I uh, backed as well. And they've all been fantastic too. I really wanted to back angry Joe's street fighter board game, but I was between jobs at that time. So I, couldn't <laughs> back, but. I was going to say, I've played uh call of Cthulhu, which was a Kickstarter backed one, which mm -hmm. was fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that one is, and it was one of those where, like, the models, like, the molds of the actual things are, are phenomenal. It's gorgeous. Like, it was, it was worth the money. Um, uh, if you've ever played Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, which I had not, was not a special thing to my heart, but the man I was dating at the time was a lover of that. They made a board game yep. of that that I backed for him and gave, ended up giving him as a, I think, a birthday present at one mm -hmm. point, so... Yeah, no, there's the board game. I I like seeing board games get kickstarted. Yeah. That makes me happy. I Most, am, oops, sorry. No, that's cool, Dennis. Just talk whenever you want. We okay. um, <laughs> um, I have a bunch of friends that are like really heavy into the board game scene, and I hear that come up a lot. That there's a lot of really awesome, uh, crowdfunded board games that are worth it. Like they come with 
because that was my, that's my thing and I, I guess that'll be my question to you two and i'll go to dennis first because i know he had he had something on his mind but like is it worth it to you like you know you, a lot of these i didn't realize board games easily could be 200 bucks well Someone, so with kickstarter board games they tend to be cheaper than buying it after the fact or buying mm. it in retail so for mm. instance i got have you tony have you ever heard of gloomhaven mm-hmm so I I bought that on Kickstarter and I think with all the bells and whistles it was like a hundred dollars, and now it's if you were to try and buy it it's like two hundred dollars. I mean it is a huge box. It is like a thirty pound box board games, and I've only ever played it a couple of times because I just don't have anybody to play board games with right now. There's just not anybody around. Um, I know womp womp. Well, but stupid right, pandemic. To, to, to your de- <laughs> your defense, like those board games they. It's a it's a um production for oh, yeah. a lot of those games. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's the not, setup I mean, time for that game is yeah. like twenty minutes. Yeah. It's so long to set it up. And like so the people I game with, they're into that. They they spend their free time just reading rule books, you know? Yeah. And so they're like, I just want to get it down. I understand. Okay, cool. So that by the time I come in the picture, <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're like, all right, here's what you do. You go Okay, what about this? So you go cool. And I have questions, I go to them. That's fun to me because I don't have to learn shit. I just show up and play. It's fair. And it's the most fun thing ever. Uh, but when you don't have those people, yeah, it's a big production to yeah. learn the rule set and, like you said, set up some games. and Yeah. And then, like, some of my friends who do play board games, they're, like, older, I guess you could say. Like, they're in their 40s and they don't play a lot of board games. So they like Clue or something oh, they don't simple know euro games easy yeah. yeah they don't know they don't want anything crazy or complicated hey man, they think clue the trail holds up. up clue is still i, I, I know i know they <laughs> they say that like betrayal house on the hill is like way too complicated which if you've played it a couple times you're like it's not that bad it's not <laughs> but no it's like too much it's too much to, to take in i'm like okay well you need you, one one thing i've noticed and i'm i'm getting off the top of here but you need somebody that is good at explaining the game that makes or breaks yeah um yeah. the entire thing yeah. you know like some of us as we do work as trainers and so it's like you need a trainer you need somebody that's patient and is going to explain all the details yeah. uh inevitably you end up with at least with me that dude that leaves rules out yeah like not intentionally but then you're like scoring he's like oh i forgot to tell you you're like oh mother really okay yeah. Oh, that thing I gave away is a bonus 50 points. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Well, too, we're not going to run it back now. Okay. We'll just next no. time. I think Swan, that's, you- that's a part of it though, with some of the board games, because they are, they are working to set themselves apart from mainstream games, which yeah. I feel like are very homogenized and very like literally trimmed down to be as easy as possible because that's what's marketable. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the board game connoisseurs, I hate, or at least consumers yeah. are looking for something that is a little bit more challenging or a little bit different because yeah, yeah. okay, I can go and play life if I really want to. I don't because it depresses me now. I don't ever want to play. I don't it's ever too real. Play. It's too it's real. real. I'm like, oh good, I'm still in college debt. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, weird. It's they fine. like they have a COVID space now. I'm like, when oh, did they have that? No. That's garbage. Uh, yeah, but it it's one of those where I give them credit because in making these games, in playtesting them, they are making them with replay value. 
I think that's incredibly challenging as a brand new player. But mm-hmm. I think it means that we are doing everything we can to make this game work worth the $60, $100 that you're going to pay for it because it is consistently fun. You will want to play this again. And as you get comfortable as a group, like the first couple of times I played Call of Cthulhu, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just like, I like the minis. They're really cool. But as you start to figure out strategy, like it got to be more fun, even though it has a big setup and it has a lot of rules. Like it got to be more fun. Um, I actually just recently backed a Rat Queens board game. So Rat Queens is a comic through Image that I really, really love. And they just launched a Kickstarter for a game. I don't know if I'll ever actually play it, but I love the comic so much that having a board game a part of it, like maybe I will be able in the after times, after COVID, <laughs> I'll get to play it with people and we'll figure it out together. And I have enough board game people in my life that I can do this and I can play it. Um, There was a deck builder game called Legendary, who, which again, tons of setup, kind of a lot of rules. Once you get it though, it's really fun to play but you need a few people. And yeah. when I didn't have those people, I'm like, I can't really play this. I mean, you can play it by yourself, but it's not as much fun. Yeah. So like, I'm eager to play that again with people. And I'm hoping being able to bring games like that. And I will admit there was a Kickstarter game that I backed solely because I love the artist. It was their game. I don't even know if the game is actually playable. I love the art so much that I was like, I just want to own this game because it's got this artist's art attached to it so i'm gonna back it because i get cool art and Uh, so and so you you had like i'm assuming you still have that game like you got Mm -hmm. it delivered yep and he's i mean i'm not trying to be funny but then you just put it on your shelf your collectibles and things yes yeah i would say it's it's more of a collectible in that sense so i opened everything up and it was a card game that had actual cards but it also had like larger scale things so the larger scale things go in like the sketchbook area of my bookshelf where if I'm ever looking for inspiration, like I pull out different artists sketchbooks and I look through those because it will inspire me and make me feel like making art. Um, But I'll also admit that's a lot of what I kickstart. I kickstart artists. I kickstart comic books. I kickstart people who I already follow as an artist or knew them from a project and they're creating something, either their own story or they're part of an anthology. Like those are the things I'm seeking out as a crowdfunding project. So that's how, so I now back a lot more like comic booky stuff. And most of that is because throughout my time at dragon con and networking for the current project that I'm working on, I meet a lot of other comic book artists. And then anytime I hear that they're doing a Kickstarter, I try and back it. So like, uh, Tony knows Ted Sakura. I Back his stuff, Henri Kumpen, who was my original editor, back his stuff, Afua Richardson, she's fantastic. I back <gasps> her phenomenal. stuff. Yeah. So like if I ever see anything like that pop across my, you know, Facebook feed or Instagram feed, whatever, I usually try and back it. Uh Chandra Free is another person who does art for botched. Um, she's done back to back, uh, successful kickstarters her first one was like three thousand dollars and this one was like twenty five thousand um so she's good people too so yeah so uh, uh the current art editor on the book uh galvasaur uh, otherwise Aww. known as gabe he uh he does kickstarter stuff all the time i got an art book from him uh a book of robot sketches from him so it's just like you know, most of the time what i do with kickstarter it's just within the network of people that i know oh okay blah blah blah, blah. oh okay blah blah, blah. But that's an incredible point. And that is, so obviously I'm coming at 
coming to it from the artist side of it. And whenever we talk about artists and Kickstarters, there is an incredible amount of pressure when it comes to your fan base and being known and being very vocal about the fact that you're running a Kickstarter, being very present in your advertising. And if you already have a very solid following, that's awesome. But there is a weird kind of balance of people who are not maybe as well known, who don't have a huge following. Like you have to really work and hunt and network to get people who will be willing to even just share your stuff because more eyes on it means even if you're only getting a $1 contribution, you're getting that much closer to whatever your goal is. And, and it's been a weird thing. And I'm so proud of some of my friends who have run Kickstarters because I don't want to say they've lowered expectations, but they have set their goal at something very attainable for the audience that they know that they have. They know that they can deliver. They know that they have the people and they know they have the following. And it's a weird thing to go into something like that where you're like, I already know I have the people, but at the same time, I'm still taking a risk. And it's stressful and it's a lot of planning. And I think to have a really beautiful is finalized it? product. <laughs> I was gonna say, tell us more, Dennis. Is it stressful? Mm, yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not panicking or anything. Wait, yeah. So my, my question, and then I do want to turn it over to Dennis, who does have a Kickstarter coming up. I want to hear more of the, the technical. I don't want to hear about the story because that's the next segment. <laughs> uh, more of the technical stuff. Sure. Um, and so my question to both y'all, and especially Dennis, I know you guys. I know you're not the best or not not necessarily the best but enjoy and you're not comfortable you're not very comfortable with asking for money and asking for things unless like, it's botched i'm really good at asking for money for botch but nothing personal <laughs> because that's not you that's a group yeah. thing and it's you're not, asking on behalf say, of your friends the, yeah you're not yep. on the twitter <laughs> it's like a jekyll and hyde thing i'm not so i'm not that you, man i swear how do you get past that dennis i know personally you're, you've put a lot of time and resources into this book mm -hmm. you have to get it out there and ask people for money. So how do you, no. both of y'all, how do you get past that? How do you work past that? For me, it's, I mean, uh, so I, I set my goal much like I would have to make three times as much as my goal to actually probably make up for the cost. As we had talked about before, or as Emily had talked about before, like this is getting made one way or another. I don't care if I only get the bare minimum, the next book's going to come out. Because I'm going to make this book series one way or another, you know, hell or high water, one way or another, it's getting done. So for me, it's like if if I want to keep doing this and like bringing a story that I think people will enjoy, because uh, my whole thing is I just like entertaining people and making people, you know, feel a certain way. So like that's why I like cooking too. like yeah, I like cooking for people way. to like, you know, induce emotions botched make people laugh and vomit and crap their pants and all that stuff. Um, in order to do that, the money helps because if <laughs> I, I don't have a whole lot of personal responsibilities so I can pay for things out of pocket. Plus I have a, a decent enough job that I can just fund it myself. But I also want to ask for money because I want to build a community to grow, to get more word out there. You know, if it could become an actual like full-time gig, that'd be amazing. I don't expect it will, but hey, if it would, that's, that's that'd be pretty sweet. I wouldn't mind touring around, going to cons and meeting people and doing all that jazz. It's fun for me, but you know, I gotta I gotta jump in because that's what I do. Um, 
but it's funny because I, because again, you and I talk all the time, man. I know you yeah. outside of this and I do know that you're going to make the book regardless. You can fund it personally. You're like, I got it. I can do it. And for some reason for me, and I think this is backwards, but for me, that almost makes me want to support it more, which yeah. is kind of messed up because I feel like. No, but it's not. It, it seems backwards to me because it's like, oh, I should help the person that maybe can't do it. You know, Dennis is going to do this regardless. He doesn't need me. But I, again, I feel like that's why I want to help. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I'm a little backwards, but. So I think it's a lot of it comes, at least from my interpretation, a lot of it comes from intention. And as someone who struggles to ask for money, ask for funding, ask for a reasonable rate for their art and all of these things, there is a different intention behind I'm going to make this gosh darn book because I love it so much and it's important to me. No matter what I have to do, even if I have to pay out of pocket, I will do it versus, well, if I make enough money, then I will do this thing. It. Yeah. I feel like there is a support of you're already going, you're already doing it here. Here's some money that will make this thing that you are already passionate about easier versus I'm giving you the seed, the starter fund to maybe make a thing. And, and it took me a while to get to that point because so much of it was like, man, like for some of the self-published comics that I'd make, I'm like, man, I, (laughs) I, it cost me $2 to make this book, if not more. And I'm selling it for $4. Like I'm not even getting paid for the amount of hours that it took for me to illustrate it. But I, you know, some extra money would be cool. Whereas now I'm like, I'm going to make it no matter what, because it's important to me. And so I think that resonates with the audience. And, and like you said, like it makes you kind of want to support it and back it because you're like, man, this person really gives a shit. And I kind of want to give a shit now too. So to speak to that, um, when I was first Peter around with the Kickstarter stuff, cause I, I, I started with researching Kickstarter last year sometime and I was put in contact with somebody who got me a copy of a book that the guy who wrote the comic book code monkey saves the world. I think I love had that. written. He wrote, it. he has so many successful Kickstarters that he wrote a book on making a successful Kickstarter for comic books. He's and also one a of the super nice human. Okay. I mean, he seems nice. Uh, <laughs> And one of the thing, one of the first things it says is, do not do a Kickstarter. A, if this is your first Kickstarter, do not do it unless your project's done, because no one's going to trust that it's going to get done. You're a complete uh, unknown. Like, yeah, we might give you the money, but we don't know that you'll actually do it. You might take it and run. If it's already done, like, boom, here it is. You pay me the money. You're getting this. They're more likely to support that than a, hey, it might be done. You might get it. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. That's one of the first things that the book says in there. So I was like, because originally I was going to have most of the book done, or at least some of the book done, and then kickstart it. But then I was like, all right, I have to have the whole book done. So for when my Kickstarter launches, the entire book will be finished. See, I didn't know that. I always thought um, the idea was, hey, here's this Kickstarter, and we were going to like dangle you along. Here's the progress. Here's and I know a lot of people do do that, and yeah. dangle's probably the wrong word, but entice, entice people. But I never thought of. I didn't read the book. Um, you can also come with completed work. 
you know, so. Yeah. So I think I, I, it, it said specifically ahead. if you are an unknown person and it's your first project for like Keanu Reeves when he did his comic book, I bet <laughs> it wasn't done when they did the Kickstarter. It didn't matter. He made like a million bucks off it anyways, because whatever, it's Keanu. I mean, everyone's going to back it. So I in that instance, you don't need to play by the same rules. But if you're like me, you have to go a, a different way. Yeah. I think also Kickstarter, because it's now been around, and I'm speaking to that one specifically, because it's been around for a chunk of time now, I think it has evolved into how you can be more successful, especially as an unknown independent creator. I think for a while when it started, when it launched, it was very much like, hey, I really want to start up this thing. Like, I literally want to kickstart this thing. You are giving the money to me to let me kickstart it. Whereas now I think because it is known and respected, however you personally feel about Kickstarter and what you have to do to jump through the hoops and do all of that, it is understood that these are the expectations there is a reward expectation. There are stretch goal expectations. There are bonuses because this project's going to happen no matter what, but you're getting benefits because you're in on the ground floor. It's that new app launching. It's that entrepreneur idea of yeah. getting in and supporting it at the start. You're, you're backing the stock before the stock is anything. And it's going to then pay out for you in the later because you got in, like Dennis said, with trying to buy the board games afterwards. The retail on them is going to be insane. But for now, you can own it. And you can not only own it, but you can also own an original piece of the artwork. You can own a signed copy of something. You mm -hmm. could, with a lot of my friends like who had disposable capital, you can get your face drawn into this comic at a certain goal. Like yep. These are things that are now unattainable at a future goal even though it's going to exist in the world. And that's the evolution of Kickstarter and crowdfunding as a whole. So that's the other problem with Kickstarter that makes <laughs> things so complicated to try and plan one is you have to figure out what can I add to incentivize people to pay more money that's not also going to break my bank. So I originally had all kinds of ideas. And Emily knows about this too because she and I had like a meeting about it to discuss it. And even then, like a lot of that stuff didn't even happen. I ended up going with a whole bunch of different things. And like, for instance, one of the ideas I had was, um, I have a 3d printer. So, Oh, you know, I'll just pay somebody to make me a model of the character and then I can print it out and put it in there as a stretch goal. Yeah. You know how much it costs to have somebody make you a 3d model of a mini. It's like two grand. <laughs> so, okay. So my goal right now is $6,000. So you're telling me I'd have to make an additional <laughs> two grand to pay for it on top of the printing costs of like printing the little bastards out. So, and then the other thing is uh, what ends up sinking a lot of Kickstarters is shipping costs. That's one thing I haven't even figured out yet. Everyone I've talked to who has a successful Kickstarter can't seem to give me any like straight information on how to figure out how much to charge for shipping. You're going to be but, driving around the country, dropping off boats. <laughs> but I've heard like a lot of horror stories about um, for instance, like people, making a million dollars off or like they, they back their project. It's like a million bucks. And then six months later they declare bankruptcy because, and they never made the product because it was too much money to actually make it. Plus the advertising costs, plus the shipping costs. It all ended up being just so much money that they had to just declare bankruptcy because it was way more 
than the one million dollars that they made. So it's one of those things. If you don't plan appropriately for it, it can completely sink your project, even if you are successful. Media mail. Uh, L Hanley uh, in chat dropping a beautiful thing, especially for any paper goods. We're talking comic books specifically. Media mail is your friend. What is yes. this media mail you speak of? Uh, so it's a specific way you can ship through the USPS. Uh, it gets you a lower rate because you are shipping shipping a paper product good. Oh. Also, so I book- love that. Like, I'm bringing like the happy, like fun times side of kickstarting. You're like, here's all the way it could go wrong. <laughs> it just makes this is how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, the books, perfect example, media mail, film, DVDs. Because I was thinking about pirate ship. Boom! There you go. Uh, now, when you start <laughs> shipping other gifts, then you're going to run into a problem. But media okay. mail is definitely the way to go. Swan. It sounds like you love media mail. I do. I do love media mail. (laughs) Hey, you know what else I love? Uh, So I do want to drop in one other topic kind of thing related to this that I want to talk about. Um, No, you're good. It's good. We're at time. We're good. Uh, So when it comes to crowdfunding and this was kind of, I knew Dennis was coming on. So obviously I wanted to hype his Kickstarter because I think it's pretty cool and I'm excited about it, but also I'm impressed with what crowdfunding can mean. And there is an Instagram uh, person that I follow called Quentin Quarantino um, who started <laughs> off. Yep. As just hilarious quarantine memes a huge shout out to my housemate Erin who listens to this podcast thank you so much she yeah uh part of the booby hut hut. she yeah yeah, the hut um she turned me onto this account um but what's super cool about this is literally one their most recent crowdfunding event that they did previous to the one they're doing now was they donated an insane amount of money to planned parenthood in memoriam of rush limbaugh and i love (laughs) all of that so much but what they're doing right now and literally if you go and follow them they are quentin quarantino on instagram they are raising money they just raised two million dollars to fund round trip planes to save people trying to escape afghanistan like that is the power of crowdfunding and and it's it's a fucking Instagram account who posted shitty, funny memes about this goddamn quarantine that we've been in. And they put together that resource and they allowed for something positive in the world. And that's so fucking dope that I can't shout it out enough. Uh, so go follow that. If you don't follow it now, hit me up. I will send you the link. Uh, it's an incredible account. It cracks me up regularly, but also... They're doing some goddamn good in the world, and that's cool. But also, I do want to shout out uh, this thing that we've been kind of dancing around, but I want to shout out Dennis's Kickstarter, because when are you officially launching? I don't actually know the date. 9-3, September the 3rd, the first day of Dragon Con. Dun, dun, dun. Which, coincidentally, I don't have any panels planned for that day, so I'm going to have to fix that. Hey, dog, um, <laughs> that's coming up. It's yeah, 15 days it is. <laughs> Coming up very quickly. Less also, in the media dropped. mail thing, it says comic books do not meet the standard. So, uh, what? That's, that's what it says. It literally yeah, says that's bullshit. Yeah. I, think it's I believe bullshit. you, but I think you should lie to the postal service because as long as you're not stealing mail, it's not a felony. Looks at least eight pages. It's, it's the 
It's the first line of the big paragraph towards the bottom. <laughs> Anyways, uh, definitely follow us across the internet at In Addition Pod. We will have more information about Dennis's book, I think. Just think put the comic do. in between like another book or something. <laughs> right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Just send like, like, no, I'm sending a whole bunch of bookmarks. Yeah. If anybody fine. wants to sign up for the Kickstarter, like you can go and like hit a button to give yourself a reminder for when it goes live. Oh. There's two different ways right now. You can go to <gasps> www.hiveheadstudios.com because it redirects you there. Or you can go to clockfox.net because I have really weird, obsessed patrons that wanted to call it, it's Steve. It's he who is Steve. <laughs> he wanted to call it ClockFox. So he bought the IP. So now ClockFox.net also redirects you to the Kickstarter page. <laughs> yeah, because ClockFox.com was taken. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, if not, hey, follow me across the internet. I'm a swan named Emily. I'm super excited for Kickstarter projects. Uh, I... I am excited for Dennis's project, even though it pains me to say that, uh, but I am. I wow. think it's going to be really fucking dope, and I'm super excited to support that crowdfunding project. And yeah, let's get this shit made. So we love you all. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening, Trash Pandas. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. And join the conversation with us on twitch.tv slash inadd pod at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, every Wednesday night.